cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares, I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't want to see those returns? Where's the money, Lebowski? You're gonna make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive, learn how to push. Show him a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know that. That's it. I'm done. Well, welcome back to Station Tax. I'm Tom Allen. Andrew on the board. SP Futures up 1350. Nasdaq Futures up 142 on the base of uh, Meta being up almost 30 bucks. And uh, back from the dead, Meta, Facebook. They beat on revenue, and they're, they're going to buy stock back, Lou. Everybody's happy. What do you think? You got you you to sell what's his name your your meta stock that you've hung on to, even though it got down to like ninety eight. Now it's up to one. Uh, where are we? One uh, one eighty two. I I told you several times. I'm such an unsophisticated investor that I would never chase a stock price. So if I if I did have Facebook stock, I would um, I would be holding it and just watching it go up and down under the over the course of probably several years before I would be tempted to sell it. Um, so you're, you're one of those guys that uh, it's not a stock, it's a religion. No, I just, I, I don't pay enough attention to it. I mean, I, and I, know, that, I know that I don't have enough um, market savvy to, to follow stock, uh, the business of a stock like that uh, sufficiently well enough to, to say, oh, now's the time to sell or now's the time to buy. I believe in buying on to you know stuff that looks like it's going to last for a while, holding it, and then uh, and then getting rid of it at you know never some, some much later date. Never, it's always going higher. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you know, you, so you can always cut on the the Fed or whatever. To it's uh, it's really amazing. Let me, let me uh, before we get tracked off on this. Right. I, you were asking me. You've asked me several times about potential investment. Opportunities and and so one just uh, in this in these new defense technologies and so one just popped up uh, on my uh, my newsfeed last night. Um, DARPA, which is the uh, Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, which does a lot of very cutting edge stuff. They're the they're the research and development arm of the Defense Department and and sort of a model for other cutting-edge research um, organizations, government-funded research organizations within within the Fed, the federal executive. So there, there's a, a comparable entity for the Department of or for the Department of Energy. There's a comparable DARPA for uh, for agriculture. Anyway, for defense, these guys they just signed a, a large contract for an Akrano plane. You know what that is. Uh, no. What is what is that? I was going to say, what is that? Yeah. So I thought this might appeal to you. And the Crown plane is a ground effect vehicle, but it's a big one. It's it's a, a vehicle that is designed to ride somewhere between forty and a hundred feet off the surface of the ocean, or even lower. But that's typically the flying range. But carrying a payload comparable to that of a C seventeen Globemaster. So you know, a payload of, like, two Abrams tanks or something like that. And designed to do it for, like, 6,500 miles. They they are um, highly effective, obviously, over water. 
which is where you typically typically put them in. And they operate like flying boats. I mean, they're capable of they're capable of landing on the water, you know, taking off on the water. The uh, the engines that are are on them. And if you, there's some really interesting stuff. The Russian Soviets were doing a lot of work on one of these things. You, you can look up in Google something called the Caspian Sea Monster, and you'll see uh, a large uh, military style uh, version of one of these things. But they're jet engines point or angle down at like a I don't know, 45 degree angle and the thrust from those engines creates a bubble that then a, a, you know vector a thrust vector that's partially up partially forward but the aircraft relies for its efficiency on something called ground effect which is a well-known flying component when you when you get close to the ground, the, the the air mass that the aircraft is deploying actually sort of compresses against the surface, and it, it provides a lift coefficient to the to the aircraft, and it it greatly increases the efficiency of the of the plane. So theoretically, in a way, a ground effect vehicle could fly, you know, using much less fuel. Um, the other key, of course, is it's not detectable to radar at an altitude of forty feet. Yeah, but you can see it. Apart. You can see it go over your head. If you're got a building, you're going to run into it. Well, you're not. You don't fly them. You don't fly them over cities, and you don't fly them. You know, you don't fly them over mountains. Um, they rely on relatively flat terrain, which is why they're the perfect cross-ocean kind of transport. I could see you out but, there, out there t- with taking the. The wife on a cruise, and all of a sudden, this thing whacks into the mass of your ship. I mean, I mean, imagine, yeah. I mean, I mean obviously, they, they they never get around that, but but the idea is that you would be able to, to you know, plug one of these things in, in say Hawaii, and and fly it at you know five hundred knots or something like that over the surface of the ocean uh, with a with a huge payload uh, to be to be delivered at you know some distant military base or. Uh, in a commercial setting, you know, it could it could easily replace heavy duty, you know, heavy duty container shipping um, it, because it's so it's so fast. Now, you know, it, it, there's obviously a specific market for this, but there are outfits, a number of ones you've never heard of, except for maybe General Atomics that just got awarded the bid, but it's plugged in with a number of other entities. You could pull this up on on Google. It's plugged in with a number of other entities that are going to try to develop this technology. And it's, you know, if you, if you read the, the bid uh, spec, it, you know, it calls for, you know, low-cost, high-level, um, uh, high-technical-level high manufacturing techniques for making the wings. Because, see, the wings in this are huge, as you might imagine. Uh, I, I got a couple, of real, a couple of really stupid technical questions from my... Well, I don't know from my, my my brief background when I was mucking around railroad cars. How is the the bubble that you create the 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 ground effect constant if there's waves? Oh, it, it the, the air is compressible, so the you know, waves come in. This is oh, this is another interesting part of the specification. The spec says this thing has to be oper- able to operate uh, over the surface in the sea state four, which I mean is pretty choppy. And be able to float, and and you know land on water in state five. So you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be the pilot. 
um, landing in something that I, rough. I mean, I mean, it's safer from a distance from the perspective of falling. It's probably better. You're probably better off landing the thing from forty feet above above a heavy sea state than you are from ten thousand feet. Yeah, but you didn't used to you used to land one of those Catalinas in a hurricane. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this. So the ground effect, the ground effect, it's basically not affected. I mean, it's a little affected a little bit, but it's really not affected by waves because the air is compressible. So it just, you know, it's a, it, it gets a little, it gets a little bumpy. This thing, then, you know, if the sea state's heavy enough. This thing just increases the, the push or the angle of the engines and lifts itself a little bit higher off the waves. All right, well, it's it's certainly interesting. Uh... Yeah, oh, look up, look up. Um, it, it's E K R O P L A N. I think. I think it's a uh, anglicization of a Russian uh, word, but look up video of the Caspian Sea monster. There's there's lots of pictures and video of this thing. Um, the, the Soviets actually made a missile firing version of it. It was designed to to fly uh, again to move troops quickly over over you know good sized bodies of water. The the assessment when they were developing it in the Caspian Sea, the assessment was that it would um, probably be used in a place like the Baltic. Or maybe for invasions, uh, land invasions uh, on their on their east coast, but but you know, like against Japan or, or something like that. Um, but it but it's a, it's a really interesting cutting edge technology, and the fact that DARPA has just let this contract for General Atomics and a number of other subcontractors because there's engine technology in this thing, there's there's advanced manufacturing techniques, there's navigation science to be to be performed on this thing. There are control surface issues. Um, there's a there's a whole issue with salt water exposure and how your your composite materials react to that. Um, it, it's a a very interesting technology. But when I read the story and I was I was tracking it, I thought, huh, there's exactly the kind of thing that that Keith and when I were talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago. What kind of companies are doing this? Well, if you if you pull up this, the story. You'll see some companies that are, in some cases, it looks like maybe formed to to take advantage of this bid. But the bid award was, uh, I think, yesterday. So, so this these are outfits that are going to be doing this kind of experimental work. And to the extent you've got people that are interested in looking at something like this, this is a technology that is not just you know totally speculative. It's been demonstrated and and you know on a large scale. We're just now looking to say, you know what, we could take advantage of this because they're. You know, we got a fight in the Pacific. The biggest issue in the Pacific are the same things that happened the last time we had a fight in the Pacific. It's distance. Yep. And we've got to be able to move a lot of stuff in a hurry. Um, and airlift, airlift is one option, it is really the option. But this gives you a, this gives you a twist on airlift capability. Well, what is the, I'm guessing you're not up to speed on this because I, mean, I don't think anybody is. I'm not, but... Uh, a company like uh, like Lockheed or these places, the bigger companies, when they have these, uh, you know, something that gets let like for that, and they're doing, you know, say it's could be Honeywell, could be anybody, probably wouldn't be Honeywell, but if somebody's going to take the piece regarding, uh, uh, you know, say the new engine technology or something, are they going to form a separate firm to do that? That that maybe uh, that, that's a sub of them or. Is it anything that you and I can invest in? I, I, I think a lot of times it is not really. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, unless you unless you you buy into a big place, and because I don't know, there a lot of these guys don't want to have new technology part of 
you know the uh, the home base or the home company. They want to have some of the, the experimental stuff away and something you know uh, with a sub of some kind. I mean, is it does a lot of that go on? It it, it varies. So you've got. It would not surprise me if there was a lot of venture capital in in these kinds of uh, organizations, but the, and and. It wouldn't surprise me if Lockheed or Boeing or Raytheon or BAE or, or any of the other major defense, aerospace defense contractors had, you know, purchased a share through through investment on, on some of this stuff. But at General Atomics, I think, is publicly held. Okay. And, and if you look at some of these other entities, I, I don't know whether um, they've gone public, but I, I, I do know that you know, there are funds that invest in this kind of cutting-edge defense technology that that I think you can invest in and, and put put money into for uh, for investment purposes. Well, we've had so some uh, clients... Not, you know, you're, now you're getting way outside my area of expertise here on this. Well, we have, we have some clients, and there's actually... I don't know, for a minute, I forget which one it is, but there's an actually uh, a defense ETF, but every time one of the clients, uh, you know, even mentions it, I... I look and there's you know it doesn't trade enough to do any kind of option stuff or anything. I mean, it really trades by appointment. And some of these, I mean, which which we, we when it, when I was on the board of the CBOE, we tried to do. Everybody's putting indexes together, right? We tried to do an automotive index. You know, and no matter how you shook it, no matter what you did, you had GM, Ford, Chrysler, and and you know and, and fifty other little little bumps that. It, it made up twenty percent, and uh, you know it was eighty percent. The first, the top three guys. So, I think it's kind of hard. Uh, I mean, you would like to see in the in the ETF world maybe a defense type of thing, but if you almost need one with the big guys in it, and then one without the big guys in it, just so you can segregate it a little bit, because you really don't want, you know, I mean, obviously, what percentage of the of the if it's if it's a cap weighted index, I mean, what percentage of the thing is going to be. You know, Honeywell, Boeing, and those guys. It's going to be, you know, whatever, 80% right out of the gate, right? Uh, so, you know, you have a... It's kind of difficult to put that stuff together unless somebody's really smart enough to find the second level, which you have to be somebody like you and a bunch of other guys saying, all right, well, let's scrub the top six guys out of here. Who are the next 30 that are actually doing business and getting some of these things? And, I, but I, you know... I, I, there might be one like that out there. I just don't I mean I, don't, I wouldn't know about it if there was, or I have don't know about it. But it's kind of hard to do. It's you know, then when you pick five or six uh, specific smaller companies that maybe have just gotten unique contracts, you better get six or ten of them because you don't want to pick the wrong one, right? I mean, it's you know, investing is it can be difficult at that level. Well, it's difficult. Oh, no, I, I understand, and and uh, this is not this is not in any way meant to um, shift focus in a major way um, off of bullets, artillery shells, you know, stinger missiles, uh, uh, javelins, uh, NLAW manufacturing. I mean, all of those entities are going to be busy because of the recognition that our defense industrial base has been has been depleted substantially as a result of what's happening in Ukraine. So, so I, I just... You would ask me for oh, yeah, some thoughts on esoteric kinds of investments, what people can I, get in on the ground floor. I find it fascinating. I'm not so sure I want to be the pilot of that thing, but well, well, no. I mean, so it's this is a you know the Marines for a while had and, and a number of, of entities of the Soviets invested in these too had invested in hovercraft technology because because hovercraft are 
you know, this, they were going to be the wave of the future, and and they were uh, the perfect vehicle for ground for a, a marine assault. They can ride over you know a fair amount of water, um, and and come straight ashore without having to you know and, and penetrate inshore, uh, you know, in some some ways before they they become ineffective and, and have to, to set down. These things are sort of intercontinental versions of hovercraft. They they, uh, they with much more cargo carrying capability and much better you know much better. Uh, uh, well, much more flexible use in terms of transporting stuff. They are effective. I mean, it was pretty funny. The article was that you know, these are flying boats. Really, they sort of are flying boats, but, but really what they are is, is very specialized airplanes. What has been the, uh, if you know, which I'm, you probably do, uh, it's hard to stump the loo. Uh, you know, I'm going to say 25, 30 years ago, everybody who had a ferry of any kind, you know, wherever the hell you're going from, you know, yeah, Hong Kong to where... But, but everybody who had a ferry decided we're going to go to these this hovercraft model. And uh, they were they were pretty neat, and they, obviously they increased the speed. Has, has the success of those things, like if you were going to put together some kind of ferry now, would, would it be... I mean, I guess if, if they improved the fact that why why would you want a boat when you got a hovercraft? I, I don't know if they have, have they? Well, if, if you're talking about if you're talking about you know like auto those, those giant ferries that travel in Europe across yeah. the Baltic, for example, yeah, this this thing this thing has the capability to transform a, a port like Stockholm or um, uh, Copenhagen or, or you know one of those uh, directly because yeah this would make this would make sense. You drive your cars onto this thing and in in Rather than taking an overnight boat trip across a, you know, in, in a place that would make me frankly seasick in about two seconds, you load them on one of these things, and in two hours or three hours, it, you know, like like a normal flight, you're you're in you know Helsinki or uh, you know one of the other one of the other Baltic uh, operations. That would make that would make a lot of sense. Or from London, um, now across the across the channel, it's. Probably not economically effective, but if you want to take up one of these things from London to Copenhagen, or or you know comparable, I don't know, going into Spain or someplace. Um, yeah, it, it might make it might make perfect sense for, from an economic perspective. Okay. I'm thinking more in terms of, of high speed, you know, transport. Um, you know, moving moving heavy equipment that needs to be either either moved quickly or uh, or in a situation where you don't want a lot of, you know, unloading of, you know, using heavy cranes and stuff like that, um, that maybe it would make sense for, for that. I, I think if, if they could do it economically, I think there's a lot of room for uh, commercial exploitation. But certainly within the DOD sphere, as we shift, again, looking to the Pacific, um, these things could these things could give you a lot of flexibility in terms of moving stuff. Well, you, uh, two questions. One is all, all I'm all I'm thinking about is reading. Uh, I remember, I almost remember it word for word. It was such a fascinating book, A Man Called Intrepid. I'm sure you've read that. The uh, one with the it was all about Bill Stevenson, the guy who was the head of the uh, British Secret Service. Yes. And uh, all he talked about it. What would they call the little? Was it the moon plane or something? That if they were gonna they were gonna get a spy into France. The thing was so small; it's painted total black, and you would actually get get into the what was like the 
a, a fuel tank that they took out. You had to be small enough to to climb in there from the bottom, and they closed the trap door. And they, they the thing never left <clears throat> what like ten feet over the water to the point where if the water was anywhere near rough, you had to have the windshield wipers on. <clears throat> and then yeah. they, would, <clears throat> they would land in some field in France with a guy with like a flashlight that he'd turn on for like two seconds. And they get that guy out of there and put another guy in the thing and head off back to Britain. I'm thinking those pilots had to have had to have big ones. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah. I don't know if that would that would have been me, but uh, maybe you. But I mean, uh, the other one is uh, what um, well, I was, I was going to ask you a little bit about the uh, the the, the mar- not necessarily the market, but the yesterday. You know, as, as you saw the market go flying back up with the Fed's uh, action or inaction or whatever the hell they did. We'll talk about that a little later, but the uh, and and the people on TV. I mean, it's almost like it's this is crude, I know, but it's almost like Viagra's around. China's opening up. Got to get your investments back over there. And at the same time, I get this email from somebody, some four-star general, saying we're going to be in a shooting war with those guys in eighteen months. I'm like, how do you listen to the? Yeah, I mean, how do you listen to the? The capital is dying to make a penny over there and selling bullets. And, and another guy saying, "Well, they're going to be shooting at us with our bullets at, at eighteen months if we do that." I, I cannot. I mean, I, I have to. I, I'm, I'm, I, you and I have had discussions. We we had this discussion back in like twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, maybe. Yeah, but it's ongoing. It's like it's like having a. It's like having. Yeah, and I said nobody in their right mind invests in a communist dictatorship. You, you just don't. If you can make a buck, I, I, I imagine if we had a, 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 a radio thing going because there were no podcasts in those days in like 1937 you and i would be having this debate should we really be sending all all these bullets to this guy hitler <laughs> you know i and yet there's other people saying what are you talking about if they're if they pay good money we're in you know i mean this is, this is the hunter i mean i mean and this is this is what i think you're going to see with these hunter biden stories that are now starting to hit the hit the papers in terms of his his putting you know his, his doing business with china with a very corrupt Ukrainian regime, um, in, in taking apparently taking verbatim what were then classified briefings uh, documents from his father, and and putting them verbatim into his into his emails, going out to his going out to his buddies. Um, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if if you find him at the leading edge of, of a lot of this stuff. And these are the guys. These are the guys that. Lenin talked about back in whatever it was, 1920, 1921, where he said the capitalists will tell us the rope on which we hang them. And and this is the this is the business mentality. Yeah, I, I'll be out there. You know, there's an opportunity to make some money, um, and, and we'll we'll throw in with these guys. Well, does a multinational corporation really care? Well, some of the, uh, I mean, a, a true glo- the true globalists, like the people that were meeting at Davos, no, they don't, because they don't have any citizenship. They don't, they don't look at their, and having any duties or obligations to the well-being of their country. And so from that, for them, you know, it's all one big, it's all one big market move, and, and that, that's what they're, that's what they're interested in doing. There was a guy, uh, and uh, I won't say which one of our, our friends ended up being a partner, this guy, it didn't last long, so that part was good. He was one of these dudes. He was an international tax guy, <clears throat> Lou. And uh, I met him once, 
You know, you know when you when you meet somebody and you shake hands, you immediately want to count your fingers the first time you even meet a guy. It was one of those. Or, kind of or, or or go wash them. Yeah, yeah. Or wipe them wipe them off on your pants or something. But, and, yep. but he was one of these guys that had renounced. I guess you can't renounce all citizenship, but I think he was. A, he ended up being a citizen. Can you be a citizen of Monaco? <clears throat> I think he was a citizen. Uh, I assume you can. Yes. I think he was a citizen of Monaco, and he and he had all these deals going on every continent, would knowing all the tax implications, this, that, and the other. And he, you know what, Lou? The guy was an absolute sleazebag. And I, and I, I'll bet. I'll well, bet. Let, me, let me give you. Let me give you. I mean, because I know, I know a couple of people who are very much like that, and 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 they're they're. I mean, they're close enough that I, I interact with them regularly. You know, and here's the deal. They they always they talk about well, I've got a British passport and I've got a, this Canadian passport and blah blah blah. And and, and I, I just yeah, but you're keeping your American passport, aren't you? Because you know when when you know every, when when things go south, you're coming back to the United States of America because that's where your protection is. That's the safe spot, and you're perfectly willing to run around and and denigrate the U.S. and denigrate everything else about it. But you sure like the fact that we've got the we've got the nuclear umbrella and the defense umbrella that makes that makes international trade possible, and 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 we're you know I mean it was in our interest our national security interest to do so, but we're the ones that have made have made the global system possible for the last. Well, where, where do you where do you stand? There's a few like this people. I'm not going to talk for them. A few like this people. I guess who might help me out on the show, and I'm not talking for you or anybody else. But for me, I I. Am, am so much a fan of this country. I can't. I mean, I, I can taste it. Yet I am. I am so upset with the people on both sides of the aisle that are seem hell bent on wrecking it. I don't. I don't know what to do with myself. I mean, I, I don't. I don't want to see a revolution. I, but I see this. Cra- I, I see Jerome Powell yesterday. I, I. I was ready to throw throw a rock through the TV. I mean, it, it's. It is so self serving for a few people and not the rest of the people. I mean, I don't know where. We're, I mean, defense. Every, every, everywhere you look. It's like people are self-serving to the point where they don't seem to care about anybody else. I mean, our, our government, I mean, every one of these politicians looks to me to be, not every single one, is, it look, is turns out to be, the ones you see look to be total sleazebags. You can't believe a word they say. Where you see people running for office, and we had a person who came on the show from the Democratic side, Republican side, and they both seem spectacular people that had a track record of doing really good stuff. And guess what? They both lost. And one of them lost... <clears throat> To somebody who got a million and a half bucks from Bankman Freed, who's never done anything in his life. So, I mean, I, you sit there and you wonder, what does this future look like? Well, I mean, and it's not about not liking America, because I'll never be in that, in that camp. But what's going on to me is horrendous. I, You know, whatever. Has is, is it always been like that, maybe, and I just didn't recognize it before? Or we somehow bumped um, along despite ourselves, or what? I mean, I mean, I think the, I think the, there are a couple things. Number one, the, the global market that we created after the Second World War has has greatly increased the opportunities for people whose sole interest is is making money and operating with other people who share a similar a similar worldview. So so you know there there are much more opportunities for these kind of this kind of globalist Mentality. I think they've all. I think that you know we've had globalists with us for you know 125, 130 well, years as we as we move. We got a day. We got a dash. We got a dash to break. But I'm going to say. Two Don't ask me questions like that. I know. I know. But I'm going to say because well, I'm thinking of the next question already, and I'll do that for four hours if you give me a chance. I mean, I'm going to think two big globalists. 
or Harold Janine and probably Joe Kennedy. Oh, absolutely. SP Futures up 18. The SFU's up 172. We're off to the races. Uh, back in a minute, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right now, right now. Well, welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim Out. Andrew on the board. SP Futures up 17 now. NASDAQ Futures up 171. Dow Futures down 139. reason for that is, is we have United Health came out of earnings down 720. And we have Honeywell down 992. Talking about... Uh, the defense stocks, it's down almost 5%. So we got two big clunkers in the Dow that are taking the Dow down. But the rest of the market, 
Looks like it's we're off to the races after Jerome Powell's absolutely unbelievable performance yesterday uh, in front of uh, national TV. And I, boy, boy, I just can't even I can't even go there with that. But we will talk about it later. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX up 184, 1.2%. FTSE up 45 as they they raised the uh, rates half a percent in the, the uh, London Central Bank, UK Central Bank, and said the, sh- the recession is going to be much shallower than anybody thought. So everything's good. Up 45 points, 0.6%. CAC can run up 9. They're only 0.1%. They're, they're kind of the laggard. In Asia, we've got the Nikkei up 55. That's not very much, 0.2%. Hang Seng's actually down 113, 0.5%. Shanghai is unchanged. Well, we're up 75 cents, so let's call that unchanged. We've got bonds uh, down 1 basis point, 3.39. The Bund down 8 basis points, 2.20. Japan right at the top of the level now, 1.50. We've got just a way of review. Yesterday, a huge rally. Dow was up... That was only up six. The S&Ps were up 42, and Nasdaq was up 231 after being down in the morning. So it was a massive turnaround. So it's two percent in the Nasdaq. Transportation average is up seven percent going into a recession. Transportation average has been up seven percent in two days. I have ever seen that. But even in like huge rally modes, let alone recessions, crazy stuff. Oil down 31 cents, 76.10. That's probably one of the reasons. Oil keeps going down. Rent down 51 cents, 82.22. Natural gas up 2 cents, 2.48, however. Arbob unchanged, 2.44. So Arbob's down like 18 cents in the last week and a half. We've got gold up $27, 19.70. Going to make it to 2,000, maybe. Silver up 97 cents. It's 4%. 24.58. Copper up 4 cents, 4.15. So obviously, uh, we've got dollar. I'm going to say the dollar's going down. I'm looking right at it. The dollar's down uh, pretty heavy, even though... Well, the euro is up to 1.10, uh, which is, you know, a bunch from the 107 it was a couple of weeks ago. And you got the British pound uh, is up is, uh, 123. So that's so the uh, we're actually unchanged against the euro because we were up so much yesterday. But uh, the dollar has been moving down. Uh, so both of those are up. Uh, we also have uh, crypto is up 258, $23,791. And Kathy Wood, after getting her basically behind kicked the entire year, is back on TV Oh, crypto is going to five hundred thousand. Why, why, why we give the lady any press? I have no idea, but we do. Andrew, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. All right, it is uh, six thirty-nine here on February second. Uh, starting off uh, with sports, specifically with basketball. The Suns lost last night to the Hawks, ending their game one thirty-two to one hundred. But tonight we can look forward to the Bulls playing the Hornets at seven p.m. Over to weather in Chicago. It's currently at 22 degrees. Excuse me. <clears throat> clear skies with a high of 33 degrees today. And over in Phoenix, they're going to be at 42 degrees, clear skies, and they're going to have a high of 67. Now, finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, not too much to report. Uh, a little bit of traffic is building on the outbound expressways today. Um, but specifically on the outbound Stevenson, an earlier accident has been causing some heavy delays uh, near Harlem Avenue. That's all I got. So, Lou, we have uh, a lot of stuff going on, and we have... I wanted to mention another investment opportunity. Lou Inc.? No. Hellman's. Hellman's mayonnaise? There apparently is a a rising revolt in South Africa because the importer there is no longer bringing in Hellman's mayonnaise, which already sells at a price one-third above that of domestic South African mayonnaise, but is apparently the gold standard for sandwich spreads. 
<laughs> whatever, whatever you want to call it. But there's this uproar in places like Johannesburg and uh, Cape Town that people can't get bourbon, people can't get um, Hellman's mayonnaise. Well, that would be an outrage. Right. I've used Hellman's mayonnaise for forever. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, if, if you're looking, if you're looking for, you know, maybe find some importer that's willing to, uh, that's willing to, to put the cost, <laughs> ship, ship cases of Hellman's over there. It's apparently become a, uh, become a, a commodity. Well, it's uh, if you don't have it, what do you put on your sandwich for God's sake? Just saying. I I don't know, but that that it, it it's just hilarious the idea that a U.S. made product like that would it would have a dominating uh, market share in a place like South Africa of all places. Well, look at the Irish whiskey. What would we do without it? Well, well, true, true. I just don't. I mean, but that's whiskey. You know, that's a that's an upscale kind of drink that that you know has a very specific market niche. I, I just don't think of ma- I mean, I would think of mayonnaise as you know generic. I don't think of I don't think of you know Hellman's as being the the brand of brands. But if you're in South Africa, apparently it is. Well, actually, around here, Dukes is making a little bit of an inroad in there. Dukes is pretty uh, good. That, that's that, that's that's not bad. I've had that. Yeah. Anyway, do you know uh, this group? Uh, interesting article here. We're talking about this Adani group from Indo- India. Do you know these guys? They're, they've lost a hundred billion in, in market value. I know. Short report. Here's an outfit that calls themselves Hindenburg Research. Why the hell would anybody name their company after the Hindenburg, which blew up in New York? Well, maybe they're not naming themselves after the uh, Zeppelin, but after the Zeppelin's namesake. I guess. Uh, General von Hindenburg, who was pretty successful. Maybe yep. that's who they're named after. Uh, I would guess. I mean, the guys are down $100 billion in like three days after these guys put out this short report. God. Well, a, I mean, that sounds, that sounds, maybe they are named after the Zeppelin after all that. <laughs> but uh, I, but how, do, how does all this, you know, kind of come together, Lou? I mean, I, you, you watch this thing. I was out with a couple of attorneys and a couple of judges last night, one who just retired, and, uh, Interesting. What was, group. The, quite, what was the long, the, the long-reaching question that you asked me that I was prepared to talk for the rest of the show on about patriotism and globalism? Yeah, I short mean, answer. I, I yes, don't, don't, people have been there. Long answer: There are a lot more of them now because we we are so we've been so incredibly successful and we've generated so much wealth in the in the in the world. There are lots of these people out there now, and they were probably their their representative cast. Was at Davos last week. That's why you were reading about about that all these people talking, you know, are talking about eating bugs and cutting back on power. This is a way for them to make money, and they have no they have no interest in national boundaries or national loyalty until the shooting starts. Then you'll see them put the flag lapels back. How does the flag back in the lapels? How do the buffoons that we are putting in office at every level? How do those people compete with these guys? How do, how do how do we have the the next generation of leadership? It could be two years from now in Washington. How do they remotely compete with what Pfizer has done to us? Or I mean, I'm not talking about you know I'm not going to get into vaccines working, not working. They've they've infiltrated every level of government. They do their own research and then hand it to people. I mean, how do you? Well, part of it part of it is we've got to we've got to take advantage of opportunities that that come to us from. 
places like Elon Musk and Twitter, and I'm not holding Elon Musk up as the master of free speech, but but you know he did uncork journalists on on incredibly revelatory uh, stories about the way that that Twitter was operating hand in hand, hand in glove with the government, or how you know Pfizer was doing incredibly dangerous stuff, and and you know putting pushing that out into the into the um, media sphere so that we're aware of how just how much double dealing is going on with these people that's that's one that's one way and then you've got to have people in government who are willing to take it or are going to take advantage of this knowledge and push it to the forefront but they're not I mean nobody has these well, stones there <clears throat> there's, no, there's nobody let, 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 let's, let's, let's look at Ron DeSantis for example so DeSantis is is one along with some other governors, but he he gets all the notoriety because the, the Democrats and the press are terrified of him. Um, you know, he he is taking this information about that's coming up, bubbling up about, for example, the anti-Americanism that that is prevalent in almost every CRT, you know, critical race theory course ever. He's taking that on directly. So are a number of other a number of other. Uh, legislative officials, governors in other states, where they've got that kind of control. So there is some pushback, but it, it has to, there has to be some kind of movement, and, and, and these movements can get very dangerous, but there has to be some kind of movement to basically put this stuff up in front of people and say, this is how we're being ruled. And we're not being governed, we're being ruled. And this is how it's happening, and and push this push this stuff forward. I mean, I mean, uh, the Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein was was the acolyte of these people and, and providing a service to them. How come how come there hasn't been more push on that? Because they killed. Where, where's the investigative? Where's the investigative reporter going after? You know, where's Epstein's black book? Where is that? Where is that list of customers? You know why is that story not getting not getting more of a of a push? We go back we go back to network. Remember the the, the movie Network? Yeah, a long time ago. When I okay, I saw bits and pieces and network, of it. Much like Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, Network has one of the great five minutes presentations by a character. It's played by Ned Beatty, and and he sits. Howard, whatever his name is, the mad airman, the, the, the mad newscaster that they've got, he sits him down in the conference room and he screams at him, you are messing with the fundamental forces of nature. Because because Howard had said, listen, don't buy, if you don't like what these, these companies are doing, don't buy their products. Well, they were, they were sponsors. Yeah, and, yeah. And so this guy, this guy it's, it's a great scene and, and maybe Andrew can, can link to it in Twitter. But, but, you know, there's there's got to be some kind of mechanism, and, and we, we see it, and we see it in places like Substack. But but it's got to get more widely spread. A mechanism that exposes this stuff and then puts it in some kind of coherent. No, well, how, how is that ever going to happen? How is that ever going to happen when when regular people are too cheap to buy a newspaper and actually hire a reporter as independent? I I admit it's an uphill fight. But but if you if you put it in the context that that people understand that it's affecting their children, this, this by the way this by the way was the death of of the COVID uh, masking and, and other plans. 
when, when people understood how much damage it was doing to children, the lockdown, which we all knew. Everybody knew this. Oh, yeah, that's, everybody knew it. But, 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 our, but our, our elite leadership was unwilling to, was unwilling to, to push back on it. What, what, you've got you've to basically put it in, in the context that people will understand. And that's, that's politics. Well, the only thing I think is somewhat, and I'll I'll say this to you and I'll say this to my liberal friends, uh, to to blame what's going on, how the money has infused its way into government, to blame what's going on on one party or the other, I think is, is very disingenuous because the money could care less what the party is. Harold, Harold Janine didn't care what party was in charge. Harold Janine was... Well, that, that's the essence of, of Ned Beatty's speech. You know, he, he said that the money, the money managers in Bern, in London, in New York, in Moscow, are all doing the same thing right now. This was in 1975. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I, I, that, as a political science guy... I think that's a naive statement because money people always discount the effect of ideology. But but within our system, the, the money yeah, I, I, the, the money money tends to drive everything. And I'm not I'm not pointing to one party or the other. I'm just I'm, I'm saying COVID COVID did this, but COVID wasn't the COVID reaction and the lockdowns were not a democratic creation and they weren't a Republican creation. They were a creation of the bureaucratic state. Right. And I want to call it the deep state, but the bureaucratic state that was looking out for its self-interest. Well, there, there are people, and I'm, I'm not going to include you, there are people who will, who will rail all day about you know, the idea of Chicago run by, quote, Democrats. And yet, if you're a Chicago person looking to do business with a city and you don't care, I mean, I guess you care if you get shot walking out your door, but uh, you really care about your contracts and some development that you're going to get a piece of, you're looking at the ten people, at nine people, how many people are running? Any any person there, male, female, black, white, four heads, two heads, whatever it is, anybody there that you think might have a chance of winning, you're sending a check to. It doesn't matter whether they're a gang rapist, whatever they are. If if they if they're going to be potentially a winner, just like Bankman Freed, he didn't care if Jesse Jackson's kid was a. Probably a horse bleep candidate compared to two or three other people in the mix. The fact is, he had a name. If he gave him money, he was going to win, and he's in. And somehow or another, he owes Bankman Freed something, and whatever the hell it is, we don't know. Or if he owes him anything now, the guy's arrested. I mean, but this this is you see this happen at every single stage, Lou. And you got to the point where if there's ten. Well, well, FTX, FTX, the, the bankruptcy filings were out yesterday on FTX, and and the Intercept did a piece on this. They were they were focused on Democrats. Uh, but he had another guy in the place that was sneakily giving money to Republicans, but but not not nearly at the same level. Okay, he but, was focused but, on I mean, if you look at the, I know, the, but the bankruptcy filings came out yesterday. You could take a look. I at know, it. but there's going to be another guy who's a Republican who gives only money to Republicans. My point being is that the, 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 the I work, wish there I wish there was. Uh, there's a lot of guys giving money to Republicans. Some of these some of these these huge right winger dudes and all the different groups that they have. There's losers the money, on the money flowing. The dark money flowing to the Republican Party is minuscule compared to the dark money flowing to the Democrats. If they if they all of a sudden were going to win, it would it would turn. Well, I, I you know that's a chicken and egg problem. Well, yeah. I say that I say that the reason the money's 
The money, the reason the money is flowing is to make them win. Well, if you were running for mayor in Chicago, it's the same on every level, Lou. If you're running for mayor in Chicago, and everybody go, who's this Lou Michaels guy? And you're going to go up there and you say, I don't have money for my campaign. All you have to do is, is, is if, if you could possibly make a name for yourself on TV, and all of a sudden you're you're not 2% of the vote, you might be 10 or 15%. All of a sudden somebody goes, hey, we've got this guy some money, he, might, he just might win. The last thing you want to do is have him get in office without me having a check in his pocket. I mean, this is... They, they, they get there and they, they owe all these people. I mean, it's always sort of been that way, but... Well, well what, what's fascinating to me about Chicago, Chicago provides a real nice picture of this. You've got one candidate in the Chicago mayor's office, mayor, mayor's race right now, who is not a member of clown world, okay? Everybody else, the, the front members, Lori Lightfoot, Chewy Garcia, I mean, these, these people are these people are idiots. And, and they demonstrated over and over again, yet they are pulling in enough votes to, or enough support from clown world out there to, to be credible candidates. Do you think that Garcia has an idea of how to solve the crime problem in Chicago? Uh, he came up through a system. He was, uh, he worked for Gutierrez. He was in a, what he was in a, was he an alderman? And then he became a, became a representative. He was equipped to deal with any of the major issues well, I mean, that are well, Lou, who is? I mean, my, my, well, okay, my, my attorney buddies, uh, who are not, are not going to vote for Lori Lightfoot. Every one of them will say that when she was a prosecutor, she was very competent, very law and order easy to get along with, and she did a really good job. She just got way over her head in a city that's probably ungovernable and doesn't have the personality to sort of handle it, a little too too thin-skinned and a lot of other stuff. She's not an idiot. By no stretch is she an idiot. Well, she says, you know, I'm going to go back to another film reference, Forrest Gump. Stupid is as stupid does, or as stupid says, and, and she's done and said some really dumb things. Well, I mean, just just look at, and I'm not a defender. I'm just saying that when you when you're in a, when you're in a, people, it's almost like the Peter principle. You 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 reach the spot where you, but Chicago. I mean, she will come in if there's a mayor thing, and she will say, okay, uh, the the crime statistics, she, the shootings. She was selected. She was selected and pushed as an affirmative action candidate. No, Black, she she came in and. The, 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 the current, the, right, the, the current, the current Chicago. The weird part is, I know you do, so I'm not going to accuse you of this. I, I, I will argue, discuss with people on almost a weekly basis where we end up with on Saturday night. We'll go to some place, restaurant, or whatever, and we get in a discussion. The, the people who argue with me have no friggin' clue of what has happened to the Chicago election part. Is is they've changed the elector, electoral process. Nobody, people don't even know she's running as a Democrat. No, she's not. There's no such. There, there is no Democrat or Republican candidate in in the mayor's office. Not, there hasn't been for not, twenty years. Not in Chicago. No, no. There, I, I get it. If you win the Democratic primary, you win that primary. You're you're going to be the mayor elect. I get it. But she came in last time, and the the how can I put this politically correctly? Impossible. But then again, you're my you're my attorney. There were about four or five white guys that maybe some would say were capable, uh, and they split the vote. I mean, Mayor Daly's brother, Bill Daly, who happens to be a brilliant man. I, I, I knew the guy real I well. I've I mean, met him. And, uh, and he, 
he, Gore, if, if Gore would have hired the guy two weeks earlier to have been his campaign manager, I think Gore would have won. But because the thing was in such disarray when Daly got there, but he's done a lot of good stuff for a lot of people, and he's a real nice guy. I mean, I more. I mean, I, I knew him pretty well actually. Uh, I, I think I think he is well like Vallis, and I, I've not met Vallis, but I've listened to him closely. Okay, but but I think, but Vallis, you know, again, intellectually equipped to handle it. I think he is. Okay, so so what happens? Joyce from the South Side, because the Dailies stripped him of a of a restaurant or bar in O'Hare or some crap, runs against him because he's pissed at him. Then the guy who was the police chief that was outed, the guy with the guy from the FBI who actually did a nice job, he runs. And oh, by the way, Vallis runs. So now there's there's four guys that are somewhat similar land in there. And now you've got Lori and you've got Tony Preckwinkle and a couple other people and I don't, I don't know if there's any Hispanic people. So so you have a, a city of pushing three million people over we're down from that now. Say two million eight. Does anybody even know who has it you do? Does anybody even know who has this argument? How many how many votes Lori got in the in the primary to win? No, but I'm, I mean, it was lot, much less than the majority. Lou was 90,000. Yeah. And, okay. and Tony Preckwinkle was like 85. Daly was like 70-something. So if, if Joyce wouldn't have run or Vallis wouldn't have run or the police chief wouldn't have run, Daly would have been in the top two. But he wasn't because everybody else ran and jumped in there. I'm not saying it was good or bad or wrong. No, I'm, I'm not, not I mean, No, no, this is, but this is, you know, nobody, nobody watching these people, nobody watching this would have said to themselves, those two people are the most qualified based on anything other than their race, gender, or gender identity, or whatever. That was the, that was the push. And this is why when, when, we, when we bemoan what's happening in Chicago, it's like, you know, you, you elected Kim Fox. You know, you elected Tony Breckman. You're getting the government you deserve. Well, the county, the county, for a long period of time, this has all changed in the last decade or so, some some deal was made somewhere by God knows who. The city was going to be white, and a county yep, was going to well, be no, white. That was, that, was the old, that was the old post-Harold Washington deal, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And and so Tony Preckwinkle took over for Stroger, right? Yeah. And, and, she, and she's she's very driven. She's getting up there now. She's very driven, likes to run everything by herself, wants to be really the dictator of the whole area. And Kim Fox is her girl. And, uh, and, and, she, and she almost made it to mayor, although... The fact is, people can't stand her. So when it came down to a, everybody talks about the the general election, which was between Lori and Preckwinkle, where Lori basically kicked ass. But I mean, now now if, if Vallis wins to get into the runoff this time, as much as I may like the guy or don't like the guy or whatever, I actually was going to go to one of his his uh, things. Um, you know why he's going to win, Lou? Because he's the only white guy. And there's and now Lori has some black alder person. Lady who's gonna who's gonna snip two two percent of the votes out of her behind. She's got Willie Wilson. that's gonna snip five percent of the votes out of her behind. She's, oh, there's another she's there's lost. another candidate. That I, I mean, I can't believe I can't believe that anybody would vote for some of these folks. Well, but I'm saying the, the dude is a self-made man. He's given out gasoline free to everybody. He's 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 far and away superior to Jesse Jackson's kid, in my opinion. Not even close. Probably not. Probably probably true, but. You know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have voted for Robin Hood for Sheriff of Nottingham. Well, I mean, I, the, the, we're at the point here. If, would Trump ever have come close to the White House if he didn't have a TV show? The, the, I guess I mean, I'll say it. We got a dash here, but I'll say it probably as best I can. 
the skill set needed to get these jobs isn't remotely close to the skill set you want in the job. Is that a fair I statement? Think that, I, think, I think that's a very fair statement. I mean, I, we could probably name 10 people in Washington, you probably could, I, that, that, you know, a guy like Howard Baker, a guy like Dan Inouye, guys like that who we would love to have seen in the White House, A, there's no way they win, and B, they don't want the job. That's a problem. It is a problem. Right? It I is mean, a problem. It's a huge problem. I mean, there's probably a few senators that we could name that probably deserve that spot. Maybe a couple of uh, representatives, maybe a few guys out of business that that, that have done both. I'm, I would have said, well, you know, and, and yet... The Republicans, the Republicans are going to be facing this issue in 2024, much like they did in 2016. They had a number of people that I could have easily voted for for president who were highly skilled, thoughtful guys. But that's not what the public wants. Oh, God, no. Well, Ram- Ramney is by far and away, because he's getting up there, more talented than any of these people. Nobody wants him. Republicans don't want him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, so, I mean, and, and oh, by the way, all we do is bitch about the press, but we don't. We, we think everything should be free on the internet, and, and nobody wants to pay for, for a newspaper. So, you know, well, that was their fault. Well, I'm, I'm saying, but nobody, nobody, everybody thinks everything should be for free. Nobody wants well, to. That, pay. Was their, that was that was their fault. They should never have offered free services initially. Uh, I guess. All right, well, we got a dash, buddy. Have a good weekend. Are you skiing, or you must have nothing but snow for God's sake. There's a lot of snow. There's a lot of snow out there, but no, I'm not going up this weekend. SP Futures now up 20. Nasdaq Futures up 182. God, I wish I was longer. I wish I just had long calls, long stock, long everything, Lou, because we're, 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 we're going to the moon. We're going to be back with Dan Genius to talk all about it. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708 403 2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call. 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. 
Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Lord, open stocks and jocks. I'm Tamo. Andrew on the board. SP futures up 23 now. NASDAQ futures up 187. I think this tree is going to grow to the sky, but we're going to have some voice of reason here. Do we have Mr. Dan? Yes. Uh, I actually had a discussion with my brother yesterday. I I think that the turnaround yesterday I saw in Chairman Powell, something I've never seen in my lifetime, except for maybe when he came out of the White House in 18, is is, is the man totally spineless? I mean, he, he basically told everybody yesterday, even though if you if you were to read what he said, nobody would agree with me, but if you looked at the man and you answered, looked at his response to questions, he basically said the fight's over. And by the end of the year, if we get any keep dropping in inflation, we're going to be data dependent and we could go the... He didn't say we could. We could go anyway, depending on where to take it. So all the people that are convinced we're going to be 3% in, in 18 months are absolutely giddy over yesterday. And I don't see I don't see this market stopping for a while here. I mean, we're talking about 20, 15, 10% moves in stocks, which, God bless it, Dan, you never see. This meta, this thing's a piece of crap, and now it's up ninety dollars from its low, and people can't wait to get in it. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But I'm just yeah. Well, I, I, I have some perspective on it. I think, in first, first, in terms of Powell's speech and and um, the Fed's decision, and actually the language, as you're saying, which is really important from from yesterday, is this specific language. They're trying to build credibility, and by hey, coming in at consensus. We're building credibility, and I think that's why the market responded like that. What the market does not want are surprises. The market doesn't want to, you know, would have overreacted if it was 50, would have overreacted if it was zero. So the expectation, the fact that they've come in consistently at expectations, I think has given the market more credibility in what they're doing, whether it's, you know, the best thing or not the best thing, um, it, you know the market is still looking at it as, hey, now we know what's coming because when they when the consensus is twenty five, it's twenty five is what we get. They're trying to make up for the mistakes that were made a few years ago, and they're actually doing a good job in that respect. So, what he, you know, he was. I agree with you. I think there was kind of, you know, there was a number of different things talking about how aggressively. One question that came up that I actually thought was very good was a question about CPI. So we were at 9.1. We went down to 6.5 in a relatively short period of time. 
And then the guy's question was, are we going to go down to 2% from 6.5 in the same period of time? And his response was, just as you're saying, yeah, I mean, it's very possible that could happen. And I think the rest of us now that have been doing this for a long time, not likely. <laughs> Definitely not likely to happen um, quite as quickly. Uh, you know, besides the labor um, report being strong, the labor market still being very disjointed, um, and they're talking about disinflation. He did do a good job in terms of saying these are the sectors, these are the areas where we're seeing it. And we're not quite seeing it in, for example, housing services. We're not seeing it at all in non-housing services. We're not seeing it at all here in, in Florida when it comes to pricing or housing or mm-hmm. contractors or any of that stuff. We're certainly not seeing it in the price of certain food items. So for the, for the average person, not the average person, but for any person who goes to the grocery store, you know that you're paying more for eggs, paying more for chicken, you're paying more for most of your staples, and the prices aren't necessarily coming down. So maybe they've come down a little with autos. Maybe they've come down a little in, in you know, some technology items. But they're still high, and the cost of raw materials is still high, and the cost of labor is still high. So the companies that I met with at this conference last week were talking that they all are still struggling with getting the best talent. They're all still struggling with the cost side. So their revenues have kept up, and so their margins are looking decent. But this is, we are in a contractionary period. So to think that this is gonna you know, end very quickly, or by the end of the year, we're gonna have 2% inflation, I think is a, is a stretch. You know, and, and so I tend to agree with you that it's, um, I think those comments might be a little bit overdone or even leaving open those possibilities. Dan, I, I, I look at it, I don't know why it's, every, everything you said, by the way, I agree with, which we shouldn't do on radio, but I look at it with actually a totally different look than, by the way, you you said the exact same thing my brother did, arguing with me. It's almost like we're, we're playing on two different two different chessboards, uh, you and he and me. Uh, you you two guys probably are smarter and are more right. But I look at this as is a total I don't know what you want to call it a total goat bleep towards the the, the people in this country. They last week I don't know when we uh, didn't have a show. I did some work. Carl sent me some stuff and I did some work on uh, the, the the PCE deflator. And they averaged over the last three years annually 4.7%. And I'm going to say I will get no argument out of you or anybody who has a brain cell working. It says for the last three years, inflation has been a minimum of 10 per year. And uh, if you, and maybe maybe I'm being light. It could be 12 or 13. So they basically lied to us for three years on the number. And now he's been doing this fighting stuff. He's brought the, the, the rates back up. But until you got over 3.5%, you're not fighting at all. You're still expansionary under there, right, from any, by any historical perspective. So he's been above, I'll say, equilibrium for what, three months, maybe? And now he basically said, okay, the the, the price that we, we told you, that the price of the car, we're telling you the price of the car went from 26000 to thirty two, but actually it's forty. So because he's, he's lying to us, or a CPI, or wherever he's hiding behind. What he basically told me yesterday is, as long as it doesn't, we're confident we've done enough where it's not going to go to 41. You idiots better be happy with the 40 because I'm not fighting that number. This is where we are. And, it, and that's kind of what I got out of the thing. 
be happy where you are because we're going to stop the second it looks like it's not going to go from 40 to 41. We're going to forget all about the three years that went from 26 to 40, and nobody can afford the 40. We're going to stop right there, and the people who aren't the one percenter just go shove it where the sun don't shine. That, that, that's what I got out of the thing yesterday, so tell me where I'm wrong. I didn't I didn't totally get that. I did get, though, what I was saying earlier, and, and what I'm, I would tell the listeners and would tell um, my clients is to pay attention to prices, you know, and services and goods, and see if what they're saying is true. And I agree with you that it that where their numbers are coming from, I'm not sure because I don't. I'm not seeing the same thing. Um, you're not seeing the same thing. So clearly, you have to do a little bit of your own homework, as you've done and as we've done. And that's really what what our jobs are about is to 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 be able to make our own assessment on what's going on economically. I'm hoping that they don't make a major change. I don't like the word pivot. I just don't see that happening, nor do I think it should happen. Um, I think some of the reason, the rationale behind this disinflation doesn't make total sense to me, just because I'm not seeing it firsthand. So I will agree with you on that, Um, but I do see it a little bit differently. I think there's uh, there's a part of the reason that we're seeing this decline in interest rates despite the increase. And we're, like all of a sudden the next day, we're seeing the two-year at 407 today. Well, the one year is still at 468. But part of the reason that we're seeing the money go in is still because the quest for yield. And this is, this is yield. And individuals know and investors know as a whole that you're getting paid a fair amount in the short end of the T-bill curve. At least have some of your money, your emergency funds, parked there for the time being. Other people are seeing, like you said, the, you know, these huge increases. Kavana being up 30% yesterday. Does that mean they're not going into bankruptcy? So, so I think that euphoria that comes very short term is 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 scary to the market and not necessarily good for the market and i think that's also part of what you're saying and, and there i definitely would agree that you can't suddenly think that we turn this corner and everything is going to be great because there's still a lot of concerns out there um you know none of which really even included things like war and things like um the potential upward pressure on energy prices as china opens more i mean there's other things going on that are definitely not um tailwinds and more headwinds still coming forward i think for the economy and the bank of england actually raised 50 basis points this morning um you know ecb um it's it's a you know the 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 inflation issues over there are still real in europe and i think they're um they're real here as well but i think they may have gotten it even better they they may have gotten it right they may be following the numbers a little better than we are well dan i I really when you look at you know, you, you may, not you, but I mean, some people would look at yesterday and you say, the last couple of days have been pretty crazy. I mean, the transportation average has been up 7% in two days, going into a recession, with everybody's yeah, car loadings going yeah. down. Now, now when you say, God, why, why is the market so stupid? I'm going to say, Dan, that, it, that it's not stupid. I mean, if you and I went back to, you know, our, our first class in, 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 in valuing streams of income, if somebody were to say, here's a company, even Facebook, okay, they're 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 going to make seven bucks. All right, they pay made a buck seventy six this quarter. All right, so multiply that times four, which is naive, but let's just say seven bucks. Okay, 
Well, at, at $90, they're 12 times earnings, right? Or 12.5, whatever, whatever the math is. And now they're at 180, which puts you at you know 25. All right. Well, if if you were to say that a week ago you had a Fed uh, looking at a risk-free rate of four and a half, going to five and a half, five seventy-five, maybe six, that's one value for Facebook. And again, I can't stand the company. Uh, there's one value, but all of a sudden, if my read is correct from this guy yesterday. The minute we're at this 2% that nobody believes except us, we're, we're, we're going to be fat and happy. And, oh, by the way, the new rate going forward for all the young people is really going to be 2 Well, hell, the difference, the difference in that $7 a year for Facebook between a 6% risk-free rate and a 2 is is easily 30 bucks. It's easily 30 right. bucks. I mean, right. we're, we're talking about a central bank that doesn't know if they're on foot or horseback. You, you can't do that to people. In any kind of a normal society where, oh, we might be six, eh, maybe we're three. I mean, I, I don't think the market's being irrational at all here. I think it's being rational. Wait a minute. We could be the well, other way. I mean, these, these yes, our stock's too low if all of a sudden we go back to 1%. Yes. Right? Based on that assumption, yes. Yeah. Well, tell, tell me where, after his speech yesterday, pick a number two years from now. I challenge you to. Yeah, it's. It's hard to not see it low. Yeah. It's hard to not not see it much lower, um, based on their and also based on the fact that it's going to take time for these increases to find their way through the system. I mean, it's it's definitely going to take time. We're seeing little bits and pieces here and there. The area that we're really seeing the cuts and we're really seeing the I call it more consolidation or stabilization. I don't see it as um, you know I see it as contractionary, but I see it more as stabilization. And we're certainly seeing that in technology, and I think we needed to see that. Um, the big picture that I still go back to is I think the 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 Fed, the Fed is looking for credibility, and they're not going to do anything crazy. They're not going to surprise. They're going to try to stick what they're saying. Um, they're going to do what they're saying and what the consensus is believing, and I think that's a big part of the reason that investor confidence is higher. Well, we know what they're going to do. It's a lot easier for us to plan. We can invest. Um, but the um, the short term euphoria also, you know, we just came off one of the worst years for for bonds and for stocks, you know, in, in over decades. So so it's naturally there's going to naturally be some buying. There's naturally going to be some optimism in the beginning of the year, and there's cash out there. I mean, the, the the cash isn't totally gone. You know, the people who people who collect social security got a nice little bump. Finally, well deserved bump. And their um, January, um, the money that they received in January from Social Security. Um, so there is more money. You know, I mean, there is money that's still out in the system, and there there are people spending, and that's not going to change as, as the year goes on. And a, a lot of individuals are going to look at what they have, and regardless of what they're hearing, you know, there are people who are really concerned about a recession. But as I've said in the past, we had it already last year. We're just in a contractionary I, period. I, I think and one Dan, thing I think, I think that's important about this this period is really stock selection. You know, the, the I think it's very important to to know what you're doing. I also think it's still very important to preserve capital, not to forget about that part of the equation, um, which is something that we both do in different ways. But I think that that's still a very important part as you're in or approaching retirement, um, and you know, trying to regain money that. You've lost is very difficult in this market. 
Well, Dan, I will. I will in this business, I should say. I, I will never. I will never do this for a client because, and neither would you, uh, because you know we know the people, and we know what the risk stuff is, and we're gonna we're gonna follow the, the proper thing for people, and that's what you and I do. <clears throat> but you know what? After yesterday, if I almost would. If, if, if what's the what was the, the cartoon where the guy had the good angel on the one shoulder and the bad angel on the other? Yeah, I'm going to say that right now you want to you want to get on companies that can't be valued that have have the celebrity people people on top that 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 you can't believe for a second. You want to be all over those com- companies and you want no part of one that actually makes money that can be valued. As scary as that seems, we're, we're right to me. We're right back to the races. We're right. We're right back to the COVID where we shut the economy down, and yet we're going to double the stock market. We're right back to that mentality as much as yeah, I Yeah, and I do agree with you on that. I do think that, you know, whether it be talking heads or people running up names or talking up names, or um, I do agree with the, with the, this, this sense of false, um, you, you know, the numbers and the and the actions don't match. You know, the, the words and the actions aren't matching here. It's really clear. Um, and the response to the market... Um, based on just a few people, um, you know, like you're saying, a few of the celebrities making um, these these forecasts that were that are just you know, you know, a couple months ago they were these companies were headed to bankruptcy, and now all of a sudden they they look good. Not not realistic. Not in our world that we've been in for you know four decades that we've been working in. Not realistic that things are going to turn around, and really no catalyst for things to turn around that quickly. Well, I think if you look at it, this again, I hate to look at it this way, Dan. And I'm just you and I are just bouncing back and forth here. And by the way, I, I really hope that you're the one who's right here. I, I think we're we're going to see you know the money supply has actually been dipping a little bit. It's been dribbling just a hair after going up what thirty percent in a year, right? right. And I, I think we're going to see that turn around. Yeah. All all the stuff that we see, I mean, people. I think people think you and I, even though we do it all day long, we're not we're not trading these stocks as much as it's it's counterintuitive we're trading the value of the of the of the of the thing that we're we're trading for the stock it's not it's not that facebook all of a sudden got more valuable the dollar after his speech yesterday got much less valuable in my opinion I mean, which is why we have gold and solar yeah why well, silver's rallying today and which is well here's another question for you on that why uh, as you and I talked a couple of weeks ago, that if the if gold and and silver, especially gold, kept running up, that we it would take the, the the miners, if they haven't all hedged, which is hard to find out, it would take them a lot higher on a percentage basis than the gold itself, and yet they're dragging. Why are why are they all dragging? I think there's opportunity there. I think there's, I think there's, there's there's room for opportunity there because I, the dollar has risen to new highs and to me that's just when it, whenever you see a peak you know in the in the and, and and even though I don't agree necessarily that the European market is better than the US market or that the Asian market will look attractive I don't necessarily agree with that because I still think the US is is in the best you know best running for best performance in the financial markets um, and that isn't hometown advantage or that's just where I see the rest of the world going we're not as impacted we don't have the direct impact of energy prices that they have. We have less of an impact, I should say, um, that they're having in Europe and, and some of the other geopolitical issues that Europe is dealing with that we're not. But that being said, when there is push to, to you know, 
look at Europe, which a lot of people have been, you know, kind of pushing and saying, and they're looking at it, that's when you have to step back and say, based on, as you're saying, and this is where I agree with you, based on yesterday's meeting, does this, you know, in yesterday's announcement and yesterday's words, does it really make sense to be, you know, looking outside the U.S. right now? Um, because those markets are going to get hurt even worse um, if there were to be some sort of um, announcement here or change here in, in Fed policy. Well, Dan, what, uh, I mean, we've, we've talked about some gold, and, you know, I've, I've been involved in this for a long time. I was, let's put it this way. If, if I end up being a big success in here, I'll be, I'll be the first guy to say, I'll be a great success in gold, but by the way, I was like three years early. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm mean, the same with me, and I, I think, but I think better to be early than than to miss it because sometimes, especially in silver too, the, the range yeah. happens very very rapidly, and sort of when you least expect. And I think it's a great diversifier. I think gold and silver are great diversifiers in a p- portfolio, and relatively speaking, they had a good year. If you see how they com- they did last year relative to to either stocks or bonds in general, it's they're a good diversifier. They're not moving directly with the market. Um, but that's, answer that's me, answer me this if you can, because I think both of I, both you and I agree that it, it's an opportunity and it's just it's just late. But I can't help but look at the last time, actually the last two times, gold got to nineteen fifty, two thousand, two thousand fifty, somewhere in here, two percent higher than it is now. The GDX, the gold miners index, was forty two, and now it's thirty two. I mean, it's a dramatic difference. I mean, I, I just wonder, if, did every one of these people hedge? I, I can't imagine that, but how do I know? I mean, so, I mean something's wrong. Yeah. I mean, if it was 38 or 39, I'd say it's pretty close, but it's not even. Even today, gold's up 29 bucks, and, and I've got the GDX is up 16 cents. Yeah, I, I think some of it's that. I think some of it's management. Um, and I, But I also do agree with you. I think there's opportunity here, and that's a, that's a mismatch where I think you're, you're – um, I would say the miners are buy, and we had talked before about DRD Gold, which is a South African mining company that also pays a nice six percent dividend. That you know does the ESG story, whether or not you you agree with it. That's where a lot of the large funds are putting money, so that's going to help with the momentum of that stock price. So yeah, I think if you can find the right yes, if you can find the right uh, miners, there's there's they're undervalued. I think there's opportunity there. Um, you know, and the, certainly gold prices hasn't necessarily. You know, they haven't had the bounce relative to the, what we've seen in the uptick in gold. But I think that is coming. By the way, you know, I, you you do know I have a a pretty sizable position for my clients in a DRD, and my question there is, why isn't it ten bucks? It should I think be. It will be. I will be. I mean, but you you know we're. we're you and I will give our opinions and we'll trade on them, but we're also have, this, have the same. That's why I think we get along so well. We have the same. We're not afraid to to look in the mirror and say, "Could you possibly be wrong here?" And I, I mean, if I agree with you today, I actually probably put some money to work, and I'm probably going to buy some GDX, okay, for some people. But if it's if it's June, and gold's twenty one hundred, and the GDX is still mired below thirty five, you and I are going to have this discussion. Is there something here we're not seeing? Something, something's wrong. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not at that stage yet, and neither are you. I think it's, I think we're still in the opportunity stage. But if it, if it can, continues to do this, there used to be when I was on the trading floor years ago, at the end, and in years and years ago, there was, I don't know where it is. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's out there, and I just, you know, everybody traded. Uh, was it Barrick Gold? People traded, and what was the yeah, other one? Barrett. There was another one that people. There was two of them. That Barrick was one, and there was another one. 
everybody every week Newmont mining. Yeah, it was a new man, yeah. But every week Newmont, Newmont, right. every every week or every month, those companies would publish their short interest in the in the price at which they sold for futures. Is is that still published? I haven't seen it in ages. It hasn't been on I think it hasn't been on the radar screen and that's probably a big part of the reason. You know, a lot of it is momentum and a lot of it is you know when you know when when things come around, and that's why you know that's why diversification is important, and we can't expect everything to run at the same time. But there'll be focus. I mean, right now the focus has been away from some of the media names that we have, and you see, you know, every, everything else run ahead of them. But they'll have their time again, and sometime in the near future. So it's it's you know that rotation and that and you know that understanding that everything isn't going to. You don't want your portfolio fully correlated. You don't want everything going up at once because then it will. Generally, it will come down all at once as well. So yeah. you want uh, to have that diversification where at certain points in time, you're going to still see some outperformance and you're going to see outperformance in different um, positions that you hold in different uh, sectors that you hold as well. well Dan, I want to get in yeah, one quick, say, get, one get quick one recommendation in. Yeah, get one in, please. really quickly that I've mentioned. And it was, it's Richardson Electronics, ticker symbol REL. They're in all the industries that look good going forward. They do a lot of, um, they do electronic parts. They do microwave tubes. They do cathode tubes for the, for the, um, healthcare industry. They do a lot with the, the, the parts and, uh, materials for green energy. Um, they're right in their backyard in, 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 um, La Fox, Illinois, which is, you know, not very, you know, not very far. They, they, you know, the, the stock is trading, you know, has traded up with everything else recently, but I think it's a good name if you're looking for some that will not only participate when the market runs up in momentum, but will also participate because it's in an industry that is growing and they're in the right places at the right time. Family business, very well run. I think there's upside yeah, there. That's the one you said. Was that R E L L? Was that R E L L? R E L L, yes. Yeah, we had that. Uh Last week, and I actually was, was taking a look at it. I'm going to take another look at it because, uh, plus, I like the fact that they're local. You, you come to town, we could have lunch. You go out there and say hello to the guy. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to have a, you know, a good story stock, right? That that is right in your backyard. All right, buddy, take care of yourself. Uh, good stuff as usual. You, you talk me off the ledge as you usually do. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see you next week. SP Futures now up 30. Nasdaq Futures up two two seventeen. I guess we're going to have to get on this horse. We'll see. Be right back, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. 
We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Welcome back, Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Allen. Andrew on the board. SP Futures up 29. NASDAQ Futures up 210. We're off to the races here. Jerome Powell has, in my opinion, has totally changed gears on what he's doing. Even though, but the written the written page will not say that. I think the real the reality is, and what anybody who's watching the man and seeing the tone is, is we're, we're totally changed. We're back into driving the market up. We're, we're gonna we're gonna not care about prices, and that's in my opinion that's where he's headed. Which means that uh, as much as it may seem crazy to to want to be long here after all these days, it might almost be. I don't know if we want to buy this second, but I think the tone has really changed on these r- rates going forward. Anyway, uh, Dow futures actually are down 45 points. Reason for that is, well, United Health is down six bucks, and Honeywell had clunk around the earnings. They were down nine, they're only down 770, only down 772. But being down 772 and the, the spiders or the spoos are up 30 is not a good morning. Uh, we also have uh, CVX is down 93 cents after having the big spike the other day. Uh, so a lot of a lot of a lot of stuff happening here, but the companies that were all down last year, the the hope stocks and the bitcoins and all those people that you know like to buy hope, boy, they're all over the place this morning. Kathy uh, Woods, Bitcoin five hundred thousand, she's got it now five hundred thousand. That's a number. Dax up two nineteen one point four percent. FTSE up sixty point eight percent. CAC around up thirty thirty four point five percent. So bullish over in Europe, even though uh, Central Bank of England raised rates 05 percent. But they also said, looks like the recession is going to be shallower than anybody thought, whoever anybody is. Uh, Nikkei up 55 points, 0.2%. Hang Seng down 113, 0.5%, 21,958. They got up to like 23 and have actually dipped a little bit. Shanghai up 75 cents, call that one flat. Uh, as a way of review, yesterday, that was only up 6, but S&P was up 42, and NASDAQ up 231. And that was before the, the meta news came out um, that they... I'm going to buy $40 billion worth of stock back. 
It's just what you want on a stock that just came back from 90 bucks. Now they're going to start buying stock. They didn't buy it at 90 Now they're going to buy it at 180 Interesting. Uh, bonds on three basis points, 3.36. Bond down 14 basis points, 2.14. That's even with the Central Bank of Britain raising rates. Uh, Japan up one basis point to right at the high end of the range, 0. 0.50. We've got oil down 25 cents, 76.16. Brent down 43 cents, 82.41. Natural gas up seven cents, two fifty-four. And I think there's oil price down here. Might be one of the reasons why the transportation average up seven percent in two days. That's that's almost unheard of. Our Bob unchanged two forty-six. Gold up twenty-four dollars to nineteen sixty-seven. Silver up eighty-seven cents. It's three point seven percent. Again, the the gold miners are not following to that level, but the the the, uh, the commodity sure is. Uh, copper up five cents, four sixteen. So we've got. Trading before the opening, FCX, which is like 80% copper, 20% gold, is actually down this morning, 30 cents. So a lot of weird stuff going on. Uh, crypto up 234. This is Bitcoin, 23,767. We have the uh, euro is actually unchanged at 1.10, let's call it. And we have the the, the pound is actually uh, down a little bit, so the dollar's up against the pound, 1.23. But they're still on, at their highest they've been in a while. Andrew, what do you got for us, traffic weather sports? All right, it is 7.38 here in Chicago uh, on February the 2nd. Uh, starting off with sports, just got some hockey today. Uh, last night, the Suns lost to the Hawks, ending their game 132-100. to And tonight, the Bulls are going to be playing the Hornets at 7 p.m. Now, over to weather. Currently in Chicago, we are at 22 degrees. Going to have clear skies, clear skies right now. And we're going to have a high of 33 today. Over in Phoenix, they're at 42 degrees, clear skies. And they're going to have a high of 67 now, finally for Chicago traffic, we have a lot of heavy red on the inbound expressways today. Uh, definitely more than the usual. Thursday's uh, the new Friday. Everybody comes in today, nobody around tomorrow. Yep, yeah. It's been pretty empty on these Fridays, so hopefully it'll be better tomorrow. But uh, only accident to report is on the inbound Eisenhower near Des Plaines Avenue. Um, it is an accident blocking two right lanes over there. Very heavy traffic behind it. So that's all I got back to you, Chief. We have Mr. Flanagan. Morning, Tom. How are you? Uh, talk me off the ledge. I'm, I'm, I'm. Just, <laughs> I, I can't believe the leadership we have in the Fed and all these other places. It's stunning to me. But you know what, Dan? I, sh- I should have. I think it's got me aggravated. I'm pissed at myself because I, when I saw the market movement in the last couple of weeks, it, it's obvious to me that, that there was a change of foot. And I, you can't tell me that Jerome Powell isn't the most ma- maneuvered, manipulated man on earth. And uh, and sure enough, yesterday he, he came out with it, and uh, and, and the, the 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 tea leaves were all there. The with well, the entrails of the birds they used to do. Then they used to take the birds apart and look at their insides. They were all there to see, and uh, you know, and, and we've been along pretty much the whole way. But now this last week, we kind of got caught with some calls, and you know, we'll have to keep rolling them up, and we'll catch it eventually. We always do, but it's not always, but most of the time we do, and uh, you know, it's just we, you, you shouldn't be. In my opinion, the central bank's job, and I'm, you know, I'm a disciple of Milton Friedman. I'm a, the central bank's job is not, oh, maybe the risk-free rate is five and a half. Eh, that don't look so hot. Maybe, maybe two percent. It's that. That's not how. It's not how you have people make investment decisions. It's not how you people. You have people uh, have have stability. It's not. How, it's not what you do, and that's what they've done for thirty years, for God's sake. I mean, I, I, I just don't get it, and I don't understand how come. More people don't see it, or maybe if you're, if I'd have gotten the memo yesterday morning, I guess I'd be happy with what happened. You know, it's it's one of those things. I, it's it's just not good government, in my opinion. Well, it was. 
I was interested when you and, and Dan were talking about um, you know Powell's seeing this as you know, a test of his credibility and how how little of a role credibility plays in things like journalism or media today and, and how most people crave to listen to people who they think they can believe but but has there been a complete collapse in credibility so this is all some kind of, of you know smoke and mirrors came that we're asked to believe in despite what our you know you know the things lurking in the back of our mind may tell us and that all everything is maybe it always has been to some extent based on our impressions and our desires and not on what's really going on and who can we depend on to really give us a, a good dose of the reality that we all kind of crave but maybe when push comes to shove too much reality is is too much for people. <laughs> well, you know, Jan, I think that, I think it really on a on a social level. And I know you're you know you're, you're very well read in a lot of these areas. On a social level, I guess I can understand how. <clears throat> well, think I can understand that when Abraham Lincoln was running for president and he's on the the ass end of a of a steam steam train, and he and he lobs some speech out in Peoria and hops on the train and. You know, an hour later, he's in Decatur, however long it takes to get from Peoria to Decatur. <clears throat> it might be a reporter or two with him. There's no tape of it. There's no verbatim speech unless he were to put it somewhere in the archives if he ever won. There's, he could say something fairly different in Decatur to, to promise those people what he was going to do, do different than Peoria and maybe the next town. And it would be really hard to track... You know, basically the BS, and but now with with all you see, with all the supposed you know access, what everybody supposedly has all this reads all day long and has all this news and thinks they're all geniuses, including me. Uh, the the discontinuity is is dramatic to me. I I don't see how. I mean, I, I know I, I I rail on this. It's not the CPI I'm railing on. I'm railing on the 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 discontinuity. To where we're putting out a document that is 90 bazillion pages, detailed down to the cats behind, and we're talking about rent being 7.5% of somebody's basket. And yet yesterday, or the day before, was it Morgan Stanley comes out and said for the first time, it's a record. They think that people have, that, that uh, the cost of, uh, what do you call it, Dom- domicile ship or something, something, the cost to live with a roof over your friggin' head is, 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 Going through thirty uh, percent for the first time ever. Okay, now I, I I don't recall whether it was a people's take home pay or their actual gross. I think it was gross. So, so explain to me how if if somebody is the, the median income for a family is is let's be generous and say sixty thousand. Okay, so seven percent of that would be uh, what four grand. Divided by twelve, tell me anybody whose rent is three hundred fifty dollars a month, like it like it says in the CPI number. I mean, when when it reaches that stage, when 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 the Morgan Stanley number actually said it's more like fifteen grand, it's more like twelve hundred dollars a month. When it reaches that stage, how can a guy is 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 probably brilliant as Powell get up there and, and talk about those numbers like they're sacred? I mean, it, at some point. He's not part of the solution. I know that he doesn't do the CPI, but he's part of the problem. If 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 John Flanagan shows up with a pair of pants 
that only come an inch below his knees, and I say, boy, it looks like they're the right size to me. Am I part of the? I mean, it's not up to me to say, "Gee, John, you're." But I mean, if if all of a sudden I'm the I'm the pants guru, I gotta say, "Geez, buddy, you better you better lengthen those trousers." <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, how do you how do you get on a national stage and talk about these numbers when you know they're wrong, or you have to? If you don't know they're wrong, then you're an idiot. Well, if if Powell were, and maybe this is the problem with the job, he's got to be somewhat obsessed with his. You know, position in history, like CNBC's, you know, telling us we're saying, this is all on him. No matter how it goes, he's going to see it that way, and, and people will look to him, and they'll be hindsight for the next, you know, however many centuries about what he did or what he should have done or what somebody else would have done. And when you when you make that kind of you know pressure point in a single individual who isn't even dealing with what what you and I would call credible numbers. <laughs> start with you know, the example of, of the percentage of you know, your you know, net income in rent is, is just one of them, really. Um, can anybody be expected to do this job with a kind of clear head? You're, you've got to be looking so far ahead to your own reputation and, and let that control your thoughts that you really are not able to, to read what's going on today and, and take a hit for it if it's you know right or wrong, but you know it's Something's got to be done today, and it doesn't matter to you at this moment how you're thought of 50 years down the road. And yet, who can do that job that way? I don't know. I don't think anybody can. Well, but Dan mentioned, and again, I'm a part of this, is, is the job really doable? But let's not say he's independent. Let's say he's the most manipulated man in Washington. Let's just, before, it's like, you know, I used to watch the, you know, the, the, the you know, mash all the time. You know what, Jan, if you show up in the bus... And, and, your, and your bone is sticking out of your leg and somebody just thinks it's a lower body injury and here's take, take an extra strength Tylenol, unless you recognize that my leg is friggin' broken, it's not going to get fixed. I mean, it, you have to recognize the issue. We're talking about a guy who's worried about credibility and for how many years did he say there was no inflation at all, right. not even a hint, when everybody knew there was. So he had rates at 1%, which were insane. Then he runs them up to 55 in a, in a two-year period, maybe even a one-and-a-half-year period, and now he's going to come flying down the other way, if, if, if he can. No, if he can. Maybe he won't be able to. The numbers don't change. Even his numbers don't change. If he can, he's going to go back the other way. Any, anybody, if whether it's Milton Friedman in his grave, whether it's any monitors, anybody from any part of the world would say, that kind of volatility in interest rates, because you don't realize what is, what is happening outside the window of your limousine is a horse crap job at, at doing that job. Now, I happen to think the man is totally manipulated by whoever is manipulating the rest of the government. And somebody made an awful lot of money in the last few days knowing what he was going to say yesterday and the tone he was going to use. And they're making money again this morning, which I guess is fine, but how is it that that the rest of us don't realize that this, you know, that uh, aren't being told the truth when it happens? I mean, I, I mean, it just bothers the hell out of me. And there's nothing I can do about it. I get that part, but at least if I can, if I can have a few other people, at least look what I'm looking at and saying, "Wow, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense." It's not enough to win an election. It's not enough for somebody, one of the listeners, to run for office or anything. But somehow or another, there's a problem here, John, and I, and I, and I think it's in, it's indicative of a lot of problems that we're seeing. There's a really interesting piece on Jonathan Turley's website. He's the, the GW uh, professor, and, and you know he's he's. Testified 
side, you know, in the impeachment stuff. And, and, you know, he's, he's a kind of a clear-headed person compared to a lot of what, what you're hearing. But he's got a piece about the rise of advocacy journalism um, in which, you know, journalism schools are tossing out the idea of objectivity in the, the work that a reporter does or that a TV station does or a newspaper in favor of just, you know, you, you commit yourself to, to a worldview that you want to get behind and you want to push it and you don't care about the facts. The facts are just kind of an inconvenience. You, just, you discard them. And and yet 20% of the of, you know, in polls, 20% of the population doesn't believe the media and maybe even, you know, fewer people believe Jerome Powell anymore. <laughs> but but the, the, we've got this tension now where there, there, there's a, you know, people are starved for reliable, defendable information and straight talk. Most people, I think, would rather have straight talk, no matter how unpleasant I, it is. I, you know, there's one one place you and I are just going to disagree. If people wanted it, they'd pay for it, and they're not going to pay for it. Well, it, but pay for it or not, they get it on TV, front and center every night, and they don't unless they don't pay their electric bill. You know, they won't be watching it. But but that kind of easy access kind of media, which is pervasive and is pervasively controlled too. And it's, it's completely biased in almost every angle, whether it's sports or you know, health or anything else. You, the average person shouldn't be believing any of it, but there's no competing viewpoint that tells them disbelieve what you heard on Channel 2 today because here's what you really should believe. They all expect you to believe everything that they give you, which is you know a tyrannical state. And Paul is, I think, unfortunately part of that now, too. Who's going to say nay to him? Who, who, well, who this is say that I'm going to expect s- to have any kind of a platform to say it from? I'll, t- I'll take it one step further, what you just said. Everybody is cheering this. And by the way, <laughs> I, oh, am, yeah. I am too. My clients have made a lot of money the last couple of days. So it's not, it's, but what well, I'm, you got to cheer these days. Yeah, what, 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 what I'm saying is there's what, the, what and this is when Dan was <laughs> telling me I'm nuts yesterday, which I guess I am, but was Dan, my bro. Bros are always good at telling you you're nuts, right? We can always count them for that. Uh, this, I, I'm seeing, Jan, I've talked to you about it on many occasions. I'm seeing this incredible bifurcation in in the wealth of, of our society. Okay, we've gone through a three-year period. And as much as the, the people who are making a lot of money in CNBC and Fox and other places will tell you about how we have wage pressure, the simple fact is, maybe, maybe one percent of society has kept up in the last three years with the thirty percent bulge in inflation. Everybody, you and I know, including me, <laughs> including you, even with even with the bump in Social Security, whatever. There's no way we are flat from three years ago. Not not not. There's not a snowball's chance in hell that ninety percent of the population has has wealth equal to they were three years ago. And now, but if we run the market up, the total wealth number will show that everybody's okay. But not everybody's okay. Some people are okay. Some people, you know, if, if we run the wealth number, if we pour enough money into the system, maybe even one of these downtown buildings is a good buy, even though they look like they're flat on their behind. But if you and I buy one and all of a sudden, five years from now, the dollar's worth a third of what it is now, and that building we sell for a lot of dough, by having that asset... Our wealth has—we've at least kept pace, maybe going better. But if you don't own stuff like that, or you don't, you know, you, you don't get there. And, and we're absolutely—we've totally decided that the person who was making forty grand a year three years ago—that is—that it's now worth thirty, and he's now going to be making 
45. He's he's lost 10 in in uh, in prices and he's picked up five. He's still down five for five to ten percent or twenty percent. Nobody cares about him. And we, want, we we at least ought to understand that nobody cares about him. You and I do, but but I mean, there's they do, <laughs> but but I mean, even they don't even realize how bad they're getting screwed. I mean, how how many people do you know have had money in the bank the last three years and it's worth two thirds of what it was? Right, no matter if, if you were getting any interest at all, if, the yeah. keeping up with inflation. Yeah, you were, so I mean, we've 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 grabbed an amazing amount of wealth. Yet we added, you know, what did we add yesterday? How many billion dollars did we add to the price of Meta? Well, that's in, that's in people's accounts. Okay, we have some in our accounts. People own Meta, so for those guys, am I happy? It's up thirty bucks. Hell yeah! But do I think it's long term healthy? I, I I you know I don't know. I mean I, I just don't know. It's, I mean I'm. And, and then on the other side of the coin, time you've got people, you know, this is a piece in, in uh, some of the Sun Times yesterday about wealth disparity in Chicago, and it makes it look like you know whites are doing great and you know Hispanics and blacks are doing bad. The, the thing is, nobody is doing well. I mean, nobody in those percentages really is doing well at all. But but again, it's a distraction. It makes it look like there's you know this one level of the population that we need to turn on because they've gotten too much. And the, uh, here are the people who need our help, and they've gotten too little. That isn't the issue at all. And I, I think the more people buy into that, and that's what the newspapers feed them, and the media and every and every outlet does too, they're going to miss the bigger point, which is everybody's getting screwed. Well, I mean, I, I would say that it would be politically incorrect. I mean, if you were to come out today and say, in the last five years, the, the amount of wealth, uh, the, the Hispanics and blacks, did not do anywhere near as well as, quote, the whites, I think the answer would be yes. That, that, that's, that's, a, that's a true statement. But now, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How did you do the survey? If you were to take the top 1% of the whites and the top 1% of the blacks that are in there, and there are some that are in there, okay, and probably there are some Asians and probably some Hispanics that are in that level, or not, maybe not as many or whatever, but the fact is those people did fine. It, 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 it's it's the people who aren't in the one or two percent, most of whom are not all are white. If you take them out of the entire mess, you're going to find that everybody in the in the ninety fifth percentile down, even people that are relatively wealthy, have not kept pace. Right? Exactly, exactly. But you can these these the statistics are twisted in a way to make it look like it's the whole thing is is based solely on race. It's the Lori Lightfoot yeah. mantra. And, and it's not again. This this isn't productive of anything other than keeping the status quo well in you know force. So I I, I just it, it, the the Turley piece. You know, I'll send it out to everybody. But it, it really is a disheartening thing to see that even at the top, when you get media outlets who you would think would would thrive on a diversity of opinion and have a, a somewhat unique product to sell in the marketplace, it's all about selling. The same product. It's a, it's a monopoly there, like it is every place else. And the fact that journalism schools are teaching this now, and, and reporters getting in or losing jobs based on how they adhere to this, is it's the end of the game, as far as well, I. Well, I mean, you could any 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 survey, John. I mean, you you could do this better than me because you're more of a wordsmith. Any survey, you and I could come up with a conclusion. I mean, if you looked at teachers during COVID, you know, uh, kids aren't learning. Uh, they think they're being put upon if they have to go to school one day a week, which they even have to. But if you interview one of these people, God, considering all the problems that the CPS is having and the COVID and everything, would you would you consider another job? 
well, the answer is going to, would you consider another job? Well, yeah, if somebody, if somebody offered me, like, the VP of something, <laughs> the, the answer is going to be yes just by the way you ask the question. Now, does that, now, can I come out tomorrow and say 85% of teachers are looking for a job? No, they're not looking. That, that's a little bit of a reach. Or unsatisfied. Everybody was unsatisfied with their job during COVID. Or even maybe now. <laughs> I mean, it, it all depends on how you ask the question, right? It, it, and as you were saying earlier with Lou, um, parents knew from the get-go that the lockdowns were bad for their kids. But who was there to stick up for parents, let alone the kids? Leave the, leave the kids off the table because nobody sticks up for them in this kind of climate. Well, I, I but, said, but if you were if you're, you're going to a school board meeting and complaining about this or any other subject, the media's going to twist it in a way that you're you're a domestic terrorist. Well, you're just you're just seeing what you what's going on with your kids, and you're furious about it. It's you know, the Howard Beale network phenomenon that Lou was talking about, um, and the only way you get any attention is by screaming your lungs out. And then after a while, you somebody's going to tell you to shut up, and that's bad for business all the way around. So the average person can't express their anger about this. They are being told in the you know all the media outlets that. They're doing better than they know they are. Yeah, oh yeah. And the reason that they're not, you know, other people aren't doing better is because you're talking too much from somebody else on the food chain here, and you should get out of the way for them. This is this is like so destructive of every bit of energy and gumption that people have um, that you can't expect people to participate in elections very aggressively or take politics seriously at all. Which means we're, we're getting bad results from here to the cows come home. Well, one of the guys, uh, Audrey's. Uh, her cousin, who un- unfortunately passed last year, missed the dude. Uh, we go to his place for dinner once in a while, and then his neighbors have uh, just happened to have three kids at, at, at just the right age. When I say the right age, one was just in high school, one was in middle school because they had the middle school there, which you and I didn't have, and one was just still in grammar school. So they were close together, but they were all three different places. And the three schools were within like four blocks of each other. And if they're in they were in Lamont, maybe, I meant whatever whatever spot they were, Homer Glen, I'm not sure. I think it might have been Lamont. And, it, you know, there's the school board. Well, the, the the high school was, I think, totally remote. The grammar school was a couple of days a week, and if, and if some kid, if, if two kids tested positive for COVID and they were in the same class, it became a, uh, what's the word for it, uh, a, 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 an issue it wasn't an issue they, they, there's a health word for it well they would close the school and send everybody home that day and, and you know and spray the whole place down or something meanwhile the middle school was like open <laughs> and, and the, the guy goes and they all three come home and sit on the sofa and watch TV together he goes this, <laughs> this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard <laughs> and, I mean he goes you gotta be someplace they're all home <laughs> they send them home and, you know, I he goes, whatever it is, whatever the policy is, at least make it uniform. He knows that all the kids are going to the, they're all going home to the same place. What what are they doing? I mean, I, I don't know what the answer was, John, but it, it wasn't three different three different decisions in three different schools and, and three different blocks. No, and, and the, the private schools bucked that trend, and of course, you never never was that really talked about um, in all this madness. And the public schools followed lockstep with, with their boards of education and the teachers union were pushing. Yeah. And by and large, the private schools stayed open, you know, including the private universities. Um, and maybe they had, you know, remote learning for some classes, but a lot of the public, the private schools in Chicago stuck to their guns and they tested every student daily. And if you were positive, you were sent home. 
But otherwise, you sat in class with social distancing, and you had your normal curriculum conducted by a teacher yep. in the room live. By the way, well, every- no, nobody got, gets any credit for having stuck that out as being no. the better way. And I fear that the, you know, the next stupid disease that comes down the pike that we all have to cower from, we're going to get the same damn lockdowns we did oh, yeah. before. Well, by the way, you, you again missed your normal Wednesday invite, and if you'd have, if you'd have showed, you'd have seen a very happy couple of parents. Uh, the, the the guy I'm talking about, I won't give his name, but he, he went to Maris, he's younger than me, he played quarterback there, real good athlete, he got a terrific wife, and they have two kids that are pretty athletic. One of the kids played, uh, I guess, quarterback at Ignatius, and he just got accepted, he got a ride to, I don't know if it's full, I didn't ask, full ride or whatever, got a ride to play quarterback at Fordham. I'm so happy for the kid, the family's so nice, and the kid is so excited to go to Fordham, what a great school, and they were so happy and proud, and I, you know, I couldn't help but think there is some still good stuff going on in this world, Jen. Uh, anyway, I'm happy for them, and uh, have you ever been to Fordham? I, I'm gonna, I hear it's supposed to be so nice. Next time I go to New York, I'm going to have to head over and take a look at the in place. The Bronx. Yes, it's, it's a beautiful campus. I've, you, I've been by it. I haven't been going into any of the buildings. How come everybody knows yeah. all this stuff but me? i got to go out there and go. You think I can get Audrey on a subway to Fordham? I don't know about that. That's a... <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make a third. I'll go with you. Okay. Well, I, I think you go right by Yankee Stadium, so at least it'll be something. You do, yeah. <laughs> SP Futures up 39. NASDAQ is up 247. John, uh, take care of yourself. Talk to you, you on Monday because we're back. We're back shows on Monday. No holiday this week. Uh, back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.